stands. Yet after America was attacked, it was as if our entire country looked into a mirror and saw our better selves. 18 years ago today, the worst attack on American soil. Yeah, and something happened. Some people did something. That was uh, Michael W. Smith, his song, There She Stands. I find that extraordinarily powerful. I mean, when evil calls itself a martyr, when all your hopes come crashing down, someone pulls us from the rubble, and there she stands. And inserted in there was a quote, was, was David Letterman. You know, I remember, and Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani will join us in an hour. His recollections of that day, he was, I'll tell you, he was the right guy in the right place at the right time. And the world looked to him. I was watching a Nat Geo documentary on this this morning. And he, he was like, I, I didn't know I was talking to the world. I just thought I was talking to my constituents in New York because I knew they had it in them to rise to the occasion and not lash out and blame. He said all of that that day. But when Letterman says this gives new meaning to the phrase America's bravest and finest, he was talking about the NYC, uh, NYPD police, our firemen, our first responders. In other words, the people that ran up the buildings while and risked their lives and many gave their lives that day, those people. Those people are the ones that are now, let me see, are they the same ones, the ones that ran into the building knowing they may die? You don't have to really think too hard when you see the planes hit those towers to know, oh, you might, I might die today. But they did it anyway. That's what they do. That's who they are. In other words, the same people that ran into those buildings 18 years ago today and many gave up their lives that day. Those same people, the ones that we watch on video, yeah, they're get, getting assaulted and pelted with water, milk, uh, even cement and other objects. And I don't hear many people, including when I was interviewing the New York mayor, Comrade de Blasio, when I asked him, Mr. Mayor, look at that video. Look at these videos. Will you demand as mayor that every single person on these videos be identified and be arrested for felony assault. Uh, every New Yorker has a right to be safe. You sound like you don't trust the police department. Will you, will you join me in demanding that every single person, we got the evidence, I'm showing it to you, be identified and get arrested and be charged with felony assault on a police officer. In other words, the guys that 18 years earlier ran up the stairs when any bit of common sense would say, get the hell out of here, because they so love their fellow New Yorkers in this case, their fellow human beings in this case. I don't know, and what I worry about on a day like today is, whether or not we've forgotten. I want to play one other thing that we put together for you, Daryl Worley in this case. I want you to listen to it. We, we insert our cuts in it. I think it hits very hard and home because I am making the case 18 years later, now that we've had the experiences of both Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan, I 
I am so happy this president is spending the money on defense appropriations. And that is very simply to do one thing, to give us the greatest weaponry, the most advanced weaponry, both, in other words, the next generation of weaponry, offensive and defensive to protect liberty, freedom against evil in our time. Isn't it Daryl Worley? Have you forgotten? Americans do not yet have the distance of history, but our responsibility to history is already clear to answer these attacks and rid the world of evil. I hear people say we don't need this war. We protest this war and it's not a war, actually it's a slaughter. But I say there's some things worth fighting for. We are very grateful and thankful that we live in a country where there's freedom of speech, that people who are either for or against a war can speak out. What about our freedom? Everything just went black. And this piece of ground? Everything came down. We didn't get to keep them by backing down. Glass are popping and people got hurt. They say we don't realize the mess we're getting in. Oh, there it goes. There it goes. There it goes. Before you start your preaching, let me ask you this. My friend, have you forgotten? Oh my god, oh, the next building is another one. Up. Oh my god, another plane oh, just flew I in. Feel the, heat. the explosion is incredible. Have you forgotten? I saw this plane come out of nowhere and just scream right into the side of the twin tower, exploding through the other side. There's been an act of war declared upon America by terrorists. Have you forgotten? that are sitting on the hills behind the Pentagon, almost like they're waiting for the 4th of July fireworks, but instead they're staring dumbfounded at what, like, what looks like a war zone. I mean, you see bodies flying out of the sky and you can't do nothing about it, you tell me. There's no words to describe what's going on out there. Have you forgotten? America is a nation full of good fortune, with so much to be grateful for, but we are not spared from suffering. In every generation, the world has produced enemies of human freedom. They have attacked America. Because we are freedom's home and defender. Have you forgotten? And the commitment of our fathers is now the calling of our time. I was watching a lot of these uh, documentaries this morning. I, I, I mean, it's amazing that what you do forget, not because you forget, but because it's real. And then, then you got the likes of Congresswoman Omar. Well, she got called out today big time by Nicholas Harris Jr. He's going to be on Hannity tonight. Well, his mother is a 9-11 victim. In other words, let me repeat that. He lost his mother that day. And yes, some people did something, Congresswoman. Why don't you listen to what he says? Some people did something, said a freshman congresswoman from Minnesota. 
to support and justify the creation of care. Today I am here to respond to you exactly who did what to whom. Madam, objectively speaking, we know who and what was done. There is no uncertainty about that. Why your confusion? On that day, 19 Islamic terrorist members of Al-Qaeda killed over 3,000 people and caused billions of dollars of economic damage. Is that clear? But as to whom? I was attacked. Your relatives and friends were attacked. Our constitutional freedoms were attacked. And our nation's founding on Judeo-Christian principles were attacked. That's what some people did. Got that now? We are here today, Congresswoman, to tell you and the squad just who did what to whom. Show respect in honoring them, please. American patriotism in your position demanded. For God and country, amen. God and country, amen. And you have these geniuses on TV like uh, fake news CNN, John Avlon. Oh, he's provided today a reality check claiming right-wing terrorists are more dangerous than jihadist terrorists. If we don't learn and understand but what we better learn, they were at war with us. We were not at war with them. 9-11 Commission report. If we don't learn from the past, I wrote a book about evil and defeating despotism, tyranny, despotism, liberalism, because the philosophy of appeasement doesn't work. Hundred million human souls slaughtered in the last century alone in the name of some sick, twisted ideology. When evil calls itself a martyr. In other words, to quote Michael W. Smith. And we better understand. I know we politicize these wars. We don't want to fight them. Okay, the only other option we have is to develop the next generation of the most powerful weaponry, offensive and defensive. Remember, the Iron Dome works. Strategic defense turns out to be a winner, doesn't it? So that we don't have to send our sons and daughters to fight wars, politicize them, and then say, never mind, or we're going to put rules of engagement in place and penalize them if they have to make a split second decision uh, as to whether or not they or their patriot uh, uh, members of their team are going to be killed. Clint Lawrence, for example. We better get the next generation of weaponry because evil does exist. It's not gone away in 18 years. Some people did something, said a freshman congresswoman from Minnesota, to support and justify the creation of care. Today, I am here to respond to you exactly who did what to whom. Madam, objectively speaking, we know who and what was done. There is no uncertainty about that. Why your confusion? On that day, 19 Islamic terrorist members of Al-Qaeda killed over 3,000 people and caused billions of dollars of economic damage. Is that clear? But as to whom? I was attacked. Your relatives and friends were attacked. Our constitutional freedoms were attacked. And our nation's founding on Judeo-Christian principles were attacked. That's what some people did. Got that now? We are here today, Congresswoman, to tell you and the squad just who did what to whom. Show respect in honoring them, please. 
American patriotism and your position demanded. For God and country, amen. Care was founded after 9-11. Because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. Uh, that's wrong. And by the way, some people did something. By the way, uh, he will join us tonight. Uh, Nick Carlos, he lost his mom that day. And he had the T-shirt. And he gave that speech, which was so powerful. Uh, yeah, CARE was founded in 1994, incorporated by three leaders of the Islamic Association for Palestine. Nihad Awad, Omar Ahmad, and this guy, Rafiq. Jabir, I believe is how you say his name. And uh, anyway, one guy currently deputy chief of Hamas served on the board of directors, you know, from 19, uh, 1989, provided the group of four hundred ninety thousand dollars. So it didn't it wasn't formed after 9-11. Federal judge in 02 ruled that there was evidence the Islamic Association for Palestine has acted in support in support of Hamas. That's right. Hamas, a terrorist organization, the same Hamas that has in their uh, charter the destruction of Israel. That would be, I believe, the same Hamas and a magistrate. If you remember, uh, there was a, a shooting of an American teenager by a Hamas member in the West Bank. Nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Held liable the IAP for one hundred and fifty six million in that shooting. Hamas activities succeed in exchange in some act of helping those activities succeed. U.S. Appeals Court and Seventh Circuit overturned the award after determining they had not done enough to establish the group support for Hamas, et cetera, et cetera. Remember in the Homeland uh, case down in Texas, uh, unindicted co-conspirators, you know, they got a great history here. The only thing I'm going to add to, and then we have Rudy Giuliani at the top. We got Bill O'Reilly, a lot of deep state news with Greg Jarrett coming out uh, today. We'll get to that. We'll get to your calls today. And. I know all of us remember where we were, told my story many, many times, couldn't get into New York City that morning, just taking my son to preschool. And um, my buddy Gomez gets in touch with me and says, Are you watching this? I'm like watching what? And go home and I'm looking at it and like all of you. I'm th- I, I, we see our country under attack. You know, listen to, well, you want to go back in the day. This is our show from 9-11-2001. All right, as we uh, continue on, glad you're with us. Sean Hannity Show, coast to coast, America under attack. And uh, uh, Hang on a second. No, we're, what we're doing is we're going to put that up on the website. I don't want to hear that. I, it's too hard a show to do. But we had Ed Meese on, former attorney general. But that's we went through all of this. We also, by the way, put up, there is an incredible, our good friends at Nine Line. We put this up on our website as well, and that is that they have a documentary on 9-11 if you want to watch it on Hannity.com. But I will tell you this. If we don't learn the lessons of Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, now the politicizing of conflict and war, and we don't understand that if you're going to fight a war, you better win the war. Victory, as we played yesterday with Winston Churchill. You cannot allow political correctness, rules of engagement. You can't allow Washington to do what they now always do after we send our national treasure over to go fight the war that everyone agrees we need to fight in the beginning. War is never going to be pretty. I wish we never had war. 
I wish evil didn't exist. I wish bad things didn't happen on 9-11-01 to almost 3,000 of our friends and our neighbors and our loved ones and our fellow citizens. We don't want war, but we better prepare for war because we have that evil that exists today. The worst thing that can happen moving forward would be the Iranian regime of the mullahs getting these weapons of mass destruction coupled with their sick, ugly, twisted, radical ideology because it's an A squared, B squared equals C squared proposition. They have weapons of mass destruction married to their radical, sick ideology. Wipe Israel off the map. Wipe, wipe America off the map. You know, death to America, death to Israel. That would equal a possibility of a modern day Holocaust. And I'm, that's not hyperbole. And I'm not using it in the sense that the squad uses it. No, we're talking about the potential of millions and millions of people dying in a single day. That's how dangerous those weapons are. So we better think long and hard and we better face a fundamental truth that is difficult. But a day like today it kind of awakens you. Your consciousness goes a little bit higher than maybe it usually is. And the reality of that evil comes home right in front of our faces again. The, we need the next generation of weaponry, offensive and defensive, so that when we need to fight, and we will probably, I wish, I wish, um, I hope and pray I'm wrong, but I'm thinking we might need to fight. And if we do, we better fight to win and fight to win and end it and not send our national treasure off to some godforsaken place, you know, and then a few years later say, never mind. After their legs are blown off, their arms are blown off and their faces are disfigured for the rest of their lives. And those are, quote, the lucky ones that got to come home. The others that come back in body bags, yeah, where their kids will never see them again because their brave fathers and mothers went over there to fight. So we didn't have to fight here. We can't have this happen anymore. Our future wars need to be fought on a much different level. And that is the next generation of weaponry where we can push buttons and yeah, bad things happen to bad people that start the wars that are trying to kill innocents and innocent people. And we better prepare for the fact that, yeah, once you have a sword, somebody's going to build the shield. So the person, the people that need to build the shield first ought to be us. And that means defensively, we get to stop any aggression against America and our way of life and our liberties and our freedom. And that means, yeah, OK, they laughed at Reagan. Reagan's greatest legacy, in my view, will be SDI. And he was mocked and he was ridiculed by the same media mob that exists today that hated all things conservative, all things Ronald Reagan. Everything they're saying about Trump, they said about Reagan. Everything they're saying about Trump, they even said about Mitt Romney and John McCain. It doesn't matter who is the Republican. If you're not a socialist, you're not a radical Democrat, you're going to be called racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. They're going to claim you on dirty air and water, and they're going to claim that you want granny and or you want children to die, and then you want granny to eat dog food or cat food before a Paul Ryan lookalike throws her off the cliff. That's what they're going to claim. That is just 101 guaranteed to happen every single political year. But if you turn on fake news CNN, boy, you're going to learn today in their reality check. Claiming right wing terrorists are more dangerous than jihadist terrorists. Okay.
That's what you want to believe, whatever, and citing whatever study that proves it. I don't I, I just don't even have the patience to pay attention to any of these these stupid people anymore. But for, for the protection of our national treasure, our greatest asset is our people. It doesn't matter who you are. You are American. You are part of our American family. And our American family needs to be protected. And that's where we ought to have 100% complete agreement. And that is against the enemies that destroyed over 100 million people in the last century alone, where my dad fought in the Pacific for four years against Tojo's Japan, and we lost 100 million plus souls. Well, if you listen to CNN, Donald Trump is killing millions more than Mao and, and Hitler and Stalin today. Okay, no, he's not killing more than 100 million people. But fake news is what fake news is, isn't it? I uh, I wanted, we, we can't forget these families today. Just tweeted or retweeted a picture. Uh, Peter Chakwa writes, he's actually a very nice guy. I've talked to him before. It's a picture of somebody jumping to their death from the Trade Center 18 years ago today. Um. The heat was that overwhelming. I've had, I've, I've had people analyze this, talk about this. I mean, when you think all the, the, the jet fuel that went into that building and the fire and the heat and the intensity and the metal, if it became that unbearable, and I'm sure it did, and you know you're done, some people just decided, okay, it's over. I know, probably said their prayers, made their phone calls. We've heard those phone calls over the years and died. They, they knew it was over. All those brave men, um, you know, we, we call them the fine America, you know, America's finest, New York's finest, New York's greatest. Yeah, they were. They're the same people being pelted now with water in New York City and other cities. They're the same people being attacked often by anybody and everybody on one side of the political aisle. Never give the benefit of the doubt to a cop. Never, ever. Meanwhile, look at what they're going through today. The same people on 9-11, 18 years ago, are now being doused with water and groups of people laughing or in the middle of a shooting in, in Pennsylvania, in Philly. Yeah, we'll, we'll go after those cops, too, and pelt them with objects as they're now trying to stop an active shooter that's trying to kill people. We live in really, really, really dangerous, tough times. I've got to tell you something. We do have some good news Median income in this country now stands at an all-time high. U.S. In income, and more good news, the growing economy has pushed the poverty rate in this country to the lowest level in 18 years. Millions out of poverty. 6.2 million Americans off of food stamps in two and a half years since Donald Trump's been president. And we also see U.S. median income has reached 63200 bucks in 2018, the last year we have numbers for. And that is the highest figure on record, according to new data released by the Census Bureau. The official poverty rate reached its lowest level since 2001, dropping to 11.8% of Americans or 38.1 million people who are in poverty, still too many. The number of people in poverty in, in 2018 alone decreased by 1.4 million. So we have millions of Americans off of food stamps out of poverty. And as we pointed out yesterday, the greatest majority of jobs 
this should mean something to the identity politics people on the left are African Americans. They have the their record low uh, poverty and record low unemployment at the same time, thanks to the policies of Donald Trump. Same with the Hispanic community. It's created literally record lows for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women in the workplace, and youth unemployment. The president did say today that, you know, hey, the Fed, he blames for slowing the economy, tweeting the central bank should cut interest rates to zero or even set negative interest rates. Oh, how dare he say that? Well, they kept the rates low all through Obama's eight years. No president has seen it like that in modern times. I can tell you that. And um, I'm watching over all of this. And. I just see where everyone else is coming from under me. They don't want to do that. By the way, this is like the president. He went into North Carolina. I'm going to tell you something. Media was working overtime. I heard, I, don't, I haven't confirmed it. CNN spent like $2 million hoping that that the president's, uh, that Dan Bishop, who did credit Donald Trump's support for his upset win. Yeah, he won by a pretty big number by the end of the night last night. And his doubleheader victory. Major victory for President Trump, National Republicans, North Carolina GOP, State Senator Dan Bishop, fiercely contested contest. By the way, the last time that race was run, it was only a 900 point difference. What was the final number, like 3000 or somewhere in there? Pretty solid win. And uh, that wasn't the only win of the night. Even the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee chairwoman Acknowledge that the president contributed to Bishop's win. We fell short of it by an inch tonight, but it took more than $6 million in outside of Republican spending, blah, 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 to beat Dan McCready. And this victory of Bishop, he rightfully credits Trump. Democrats outspent the GOP in North Carolina races, but Republicans won. Two big races, the ninth and the third district. They were outspent heavily by Democrats. And Dan Bishop and Greg Murphy came out victorious. But the media was hoping for a different result. This just into our newsroom. A plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. The another, that was, another apparently plane. Apparently that was another plane. Seems to An airplane has crashed into the World Trade Center. Lost. There appears to be a gaping hole. Has the Two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center. We're not going to be cowered by it that we're not afraid. The freedom-loving nations of the world stand by our side.
the 2,800 people. Police and fire, not only were heroes at the beginning, but they're still heroes. We're going to come out of this emotionally stronger. And the commitment of our fathers is now the calling of our time. city they messed with the wrong state and i just don't want people to forget they all had a sense of duty to protect us all and New York's bravest means something now, doesn't it? This is a time to reflect and be thankful for where we are today. We will rebuild New York City. She stands. Yet after America was attacked, it was as if our entire country looked into a mirror and saw our better selves. I thought I was talking to my constituents. My constituents, the people of New York. American democracy is much stronger than a vicious, cowardly terrorist, and we're going to overcome this. Don't think I realized until a day or two later that I was talking to the, to the nation or the world. Or, but I, that day, I think I was focused pretty much on the people of New York. I, I, I don't think we yet know the pain that we're going to feel when we find out who we lost. But the thing we have to focus on now is getting the city through this and surviving and being stronger for it. Someone pulls pulls us from the rubble. When evil calls itself a martyr, when our hopes come crashing down, 3,000, almost 3,000 of our family, our American family, killed that day 18 years ago. I was watching um, a documentary this morning. It was on Nat Geo. Uh, and it chronicled some of Mayor Giuliani's moments on that day and after and reflecting on it later. And one of the things, and the mayor joins us right now, he became America's mayor that day. As really, It really struck me that you said that you had no idea, really. You were talking to the people of New York, your city, your constituents, to knowing that they would rise to the occasion, and which, by the way, they did, big time. And... I, you know, I think of you almost dying with Bernie Kerrig when you, when the, well, I think the second tower came down, right? Yeah, actually the first, yeah. When the first oh. tower came down, we were two blocks away and uh, it hit our building and we got trapped and it took about a half hour to get out. And the, and Governor Pataki, when he first greeted me, said, I thought we thought we had lost you. You talked in this and just to put it on a personal level, when you first heard about the the fireman who was, I guess, the the pastor or the um, no father judge, 
Father Judge, yes. Yeah, he 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 was the first he was the first casualty. After after we were in the building, we got out we walked up the street. That's when the second tower came down. And then we had to help the people on the street and we finally reestablished our command post at the police academy. First thing I did was ask the fire commissioner to get me Father Judge because I knew at this point I thought we were dealing with about six or seven thousand people that would be dead. That was the estimate we had from the Port Authority. And what was going through my mind is how do you explain this to people? How do you explain six or seven thousand people dead? The city hadn't been attacked in anybody's memory ever. You have to go back to the War of 1812. And uh, Father Judge was my. My, my spiritual counselor, the man who taught me the day I was a rookie mayor how to go explain the death of three firefighters to the family. Uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful Franciscan priest and a true firefighter. And this is the man who walked into fires, and I had seen him earlier walking down toward the World Trade Center. And I asked him to pray for us. I always did that. And he used to kid back and say, it'd be more effective if you prayed. It'd be more unusual. <laughs> and then we would laugh. We would That's laugh funny. like yeah. it did. However, this time there was no laughter. There was no joking. Yeah. There was a look on his face that, you know, really kind of jolted me. And then, of course, the first thing when I asked Tom out about him, he walks back 15 minutes later and he says, I don't know how to tell you this, Mayor, but Father Judge's body is being carried out of the World Trade Center to St. Peter's Church. He seems to be the first body they found. So that was kind of um, the beginning of almost no one being rescued a lot. And uh, and then the terrible consequences uh, of it. And Father Judge being missing was, for me, my right arm as far as dealing with death and the horror of having to explain to a wife why her husband isn't going to be there for the rest of her life and the kids are going to grow up without a father. I want people to know certain things about you. Um, I remember only because we were friends before this happened and I knew you as mayor from day one. And I know that you didn't sleep a lot for many, many, many days and weeks ahead. And you've told me privately and you've said on the air that, you know, you take you look for strength. You look for it spiritually in the Bible. You look for it with Winston Churchill. You read Churchill in the bombing of Britain, where he would go out amongst the people of Britain. Um, tell us how you, you got up every day and you because and how many funerals did you go to, Mr. Mayor? In excess of 100. I've never, never known exactly how many. Sometimes I do two and three a day. Some days none because there was an emergency that happened. Um, I would use a helicopter because a lot of the funerals, as you know, a lot of the firefighters and police officers live in the suburbs. So you'd go back and forth between Nassau County and Westchester County and Rockland County and sometimes all the way out to Sussex and then in the city. A large number in Staten Island. Uh, The hardest part of the funerals is, I guess what I was saying before, was the children, watching the children. Devastating. uh, you know, it's two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old sitting there in a church not knowing really what's happening to him. And you're knowing, you're, you're just now going to grow up without a dad. And uh, today, I saw some of those children who, for the first time, read the names of their of their fathers. One of them, I'm very close to, the woman who was my administrative assistant for 30-plus years, was married to Captain Terry Hatton. She found out she was pregnant 10, 10 days after she found out Terry died in the World Trade Center. And her daughter, Terry, read Daddy's name today. They had been trying to have a child, and they had been married about three years. And then she called me while I was on a helicopter and said, I have good news. 
And I said, what is it, Beth? And she said, I'm pregnant. Wow. And she said, this is God, you know, God, God gave this baby to us. Wow. But those, I mean, that's just one story of, I could tell you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories like that. And that's why this thing, uh, uh, this thing is, it can't be forgotten and it can't be minimized the way some people try to do. I mean, I just finished reading an article by, by Raheem Kassam about the times describing it as airplanes hitting the world trade center. Can you believe what a callous jackass that guy is? I mean, seriously, I saw that today. Brain center, you know, you know, gun, got a a gun shot, John Kennedy, you know, I I, I saw that today. Or a gun attempted to kill Ronald Reagan, a gun. (laughs) I mean, and and they just don't want to say it. I'll tell you, I refuse, Mr. Mayor, I will, I will air this tonight in my way. In a way that nobody else will, I think, but this is, and talk this, about this it is, every year. This is the same. This is the same thing as what that congresswoman said about you know something happened Jeez. today. Something happened. Uh, yes, yeah, you're darn right. Something happened. America was attacked. Maybe it was one of the worst attacks on our history. More people died than at Pearl Harbor. We don't have a doubt about who attacked us at Pearl Harbor. We don't go say you know airplanes attacked us at Pearl Harbor. The, the, the Japanese Navy attacked us in Pearl Harbor, and Muslim extremists, terrorists, attacked us and attempted to destroy as much of America as they could, they could destroy. I think they, in their grandiose way, thought they were taking out our financial center, our political center. That's why they hit the Pentagon, the military center with the Pentagon. They probably were aiming at either the Capitol or the White House with the other with the other shot from. One that went down in Pennsylvania, but it was a deliberate attempt to destroy America in the name of Muslim extremist terrorism, just like the Second World War was in the name of Nazi fascism. So, I mean, we we can't say that. We've got to make believe that's not the case. No, well, you and I will never do that. I only have about two minutes left. I think we forget the 9-11 Commission report. They were at war with us. We weren't at war with them. I think. Too many people are forgetting. Am I wrong? Too many people are forgetting and too many people are horribly minimalizing. I mean, today, one of, one of the gentlemen, I mean, mentioned the congresswoman's name because they were so upset very spontaneously. These people are very hurt by things like airplanes hit buildings or something happened. By the people I'm talking about, the people who suffered the most, those are the people who lost sons and fathers and wives. They're the people that hurt the most by this. I don't know. I don't know what you would call this uh, denial, being in denial because you don't want to offend people. Look, I don't want to offend anybody, but but the people who are at war with us, and they are still at war with us. They just killed people in Afghanistan. I mean, Look and at- they are planning to come here and kill us, and they're training young people in Palestine to kill Jews and Americans and Israelis. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. This is going on. So uh, we can't get ourselves into a state of denial. We got to be tough enough to face it. And it's a great discredit to those people that died on September 11, that we're sitting here like in a little, in a little hole being cowered by, by the left-wing press. Well, Mr. Mayor, you were amazing that day and you were the right mayor in the right place at the right time. And when the city and the country and the world needed you, you were there. I was the first one to say, do not strike back against the Muslim community. That's correct. I saw that today. Muslim community. But by, by God, I also know it was done in the name of the Muslim religion. 
distorted, radical Islamist, but in the name of the Muslim religion. And you need that identification in order to figure out how to fight them. You know, if you didn't say Nazi, how how would you fight have fit, uh, fought the uh, the Germans? You have to say you have to look at the organizing principle around your enemy. That's what I do with organized crime, and it's when we don't do that. That's when that's when we are uh, that's when we're attacked more. Thank God right. we got a president that that singularly focused on what the problem is and is not afraid to look at it the way it is. Mr. Mayor, you were amazing that day. We love you. Thank you for all you've done for the country and all you did that day and all you've done in the, all these years for the families uh, that lost loved ones. And uh, we appreciate you being with us and sharing these memories with us and reminding us. When will the committee get a chance uh, to question Mr. Horowitz on his report that was released two weeks ago? I'm not sure which report you're referring to, uh, but uh, I'm referring to the scathing report on the former FBI director. James oh, and, Comey. And the Ray report. The answer is I don't know. Do you anticipate us having an opportunity to question? I don't know the that inspector? either. Don't you don't know? I don't know. We, I haven't, uh, we haven't discussed that. You don't know that uh, the Judiciary Committee is going to get an opportunity to question the Inspector General of the Justice Department Inspector, who issued a scathing report that. on the former FBI we will director? Do that. We will do that at an appropriate time. That there is a lot of information that was not included in the Inspector General's report on me. Um, I have filed a federal lawsuit to address the circumstances under which I was fired. Um, I expect you will see a lot of that information come out in the course of that suit. You know, of course, at the advice of my attorneys, I have to let that uh, litigation. You, proceed. Can you say if you're encouraged by what you saw in the Daily Beast? I am always encouraged when more information comes out that sheds light on the truth. But you, do you feel like it? in your view, exonerates you of any judgments under the IG report about lacking candor I think, in sharing some information? Well, I think it, it clearly shows folks that there is more to the story than they heard in the IG report. Um, and I am confident that there is more information to come. All right. Glad you're with us uh, as we continue. Uh, 24 now to the top of the hour. Greg Jarrett is with us as next uh, in the series, really putting a cherry on top. Uh, when all of this comes out, I am sure it's called Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. You heard there former deputy FBI director McCabe, um, him going off saying, uh, excuse me, there's more to my story than was heard in the IG report. Now he is a fake news CNN contributor, the guy that was fired for lying and leaking. Now, before that, it got interesting because Jim Jordan was just ripping apart Jerry Nadler as it relates to whether he plans on bringing in the inspector general after he comes out with his report on FISA abuse, which shows what a political hack and phony conspiracy theorist liar he is uh, with us, Greg Jarrett, to uh, get way in on all of that. One last thing. We do have new information. Records now released today, just breaking of the DOJ to craft a response to reports on Rosenstein and whether he's wearing a wire and invoking the 25th Amendment because Judicial Watch and Tom Fitton just got 14 pages of records from the DOJ showing officials efforts in responding to media inquiries centering on talks within the DOJ, FBI, allegedly invoking the 25th Amendment. Well, they really wanted this coup, I guess, pretty bad if they were thinking about this to remove Donald Trump from office and former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein offering to wear a wire to record his conversations with the president. Now, we've had reports of this. Now we have confirmation of this. 
In other words, yes, we were right again. And Rosenstein sought to ensure the media would have difficulty finding anyone in the DOJ to comment and a concerted effort within the DOJ to frame the reporting as inaccurate and factually inaccurate. But the records show that DOJ officials also discussed characterizing Rod Rosenstein's reported offer to wear a wire to record Trump as being merely sarcastic. So there it is uh, in black and white that I guess they really were talking about it, as you and I believed at the time, Greg Jarrett. Chapter four of my new book is entitled The Attempted Coup, and it goes into enormous detail about what McCabe and Rosenstein did. They met not once but four times to discuss wearing a wire to try to incriminate Trump and to recruit members of the cabinet to depose the president uh, in what is essentially an attempted coup. Uh, And I sat down in the Oval Office uh, with the president uh, in June, mid-June, and I presented him with his evidence. And I said, when you confronted Rosenstein about the attempted coup, what did he tell you? The answer is in my book. Uh, But it's fair to say that Rosenstein lied to the president. He's been lying ever since. And, you know, I open that chapter by saying that McCabe and Rosenstein really proved the Peter principle that in a hierarchy, people tend to rise to the highest level of their own incompetence. McCabe and Rosenstein are profoundly incompetent and corrupt. Well, Agreed. And we're still waiting. But look, it's now just a matter of I got to believe days at the maximum a week or two before the IG report on FISA abuse is out. You kind of agree with that, I assume, right? Yes, I do. It should be out uh, sometime soon. It was completed more than a month ago, about six weeks ago. I'm sure that John Durham has a copy of it, uh, but it's been going through a classification review in which I suspect Christopher Wray, the FBI director, has been trying to his level best to cover up evidence of malfeasance and wrongdoing on the part of people like McCabe. Why would Director Ray not want to clean up? What is by my by my admission, and I've been critical of all these top guys at the FBI, but I'm not critical at all. And I've I've now spent two years separating out the few at the top that abused power and were corrupt with the rank and file, which is the premier law enforcement agency in the entire world. They are the best by far. Because Why wouldn't he want to clean I, that up? Why would he want to clean that up and get to the truth? He should want to clean it up if he's honest and honorable as the 35,000 FBI agents that work for him. Uh, but this is a guy who I suspect uh, is an institutionalist. He wants to protect the FBI's reputation from being sullied even more than it has at the hands of people like Peter Strzok, Lisa Page. But, but the problem McCabe with that thinking... Stone. Greg, is the opposite of what if if that is his true intention, then he should do the right thing. If he wants to create more doubt on the greatest agency, the premier agency in law enforcement, then cover it up. I mean, he should be transparent. He should be he should desire to write this ship under his watch. And if he does that, he will have he will have done a profound service for all the members of the FBI and for the country and for the world that works with the FBI. I agree. Uh, but but remember, the FBI operates in secrecy. 
and secrecy uh, begats uh, lawlessness and corrupt acts. And it, it may well be that Ray is seeking to cover up even more evidence of of corruption. Uh, well, and, I, I don't see that he's been particularly helpful. I don't see that he's been forthcoming at all. Oh, we can no, see, no, no. We, we, we see that he has been resistant of, of releasing any information to help get us get to the bottom of all of this. Sure. And I guess I have to conclude what you have that is that he is an institutionalist. But unfortunately, that's not what we need right now. We need somebody. We need an iconoclast. We need somebody that believes in the rule of law, the Constitution equal justice and equal application of our laws. That's all we need. I agree. But look what Ray did, for example, with the Kathleen Cavillac uh, email sent to uh, the Department of Justice warning that uh, Christopher Steele was a phony and his dossier was a fabrication. Belatedly, uh, Christopher Ray, the FBI director, has classified several sections of Kavlak's uh, emails and report, uh, even though it contains no classified information. And it cannot be seen for the next, I forget the number, 25, 30 years. So, I mean, that speaks volumes about Christopher Ray and his efforts to obstruct justice uh, and to hide information and conceal evidence. It's shameful. It's disgraceful. He should be fired. Let me ask you about Clapper trying to step in and save uh, McCabe's job by claiming he had impeccable integrity. And by the way, that was a, a penned glowing testimonial to FBI, again, Director Ray in 2018, a strenuous effort to save McCabe's job, calling the fired FBI deputy director a man of self-effacing humility and impeccable integrity. Uh, well, I'm I'm just just reading from the letter. Clapper was abusive. You know, this, this is an example of one crook trying to protect protect another crook. Uh, you know, Clapper is unscrupulous, pernicious. Uh, the former DNI under Obama, who's working behind the scenes to try to ambush Trump before he took office. Now he's working behind the scenes to try to convince Christopher Ray uh, not to fire McCabe. Uh, this is before McCabe was fired. Uh, why hasn't Christopher Ray ever revealed this? He didn't. He hid this. Uh, it's another reason why Ray should be fired. Let me ask you, move on to Sidney Powell. I mean, she gave us a really powerful, powerful interview here yesterday interview. and on TV last night. And I will tell you that, you know, her her filing. If I know you read it because you read everything involved in this. But I read it uh, as it relates to prosecutorial misconduct related to General Flynn. You and I have talked about it at length. That means McCabe saying, oh, you don't need a lawyer. That's Comey bragging that he did something he wouldn't do in the Obama or Bush administrations. Uh, that means the surveillance, unmasking and leaking of raw intelligence. That means they made him and used, quote, extraordinary pressure uh, on him, meaning they went after his kid. And we know that from the Rod Rosenstein uh, letter that they literally were saying, oh, OK, well, you either say you lied even though our FBI interrogators didn't think you lied, you either say you're guilty to this or we're going to have to go after your whole family. And he was already right. bankrupt and selling his home by this point. 
But as of this point, Sydney says she's not ready to pull the plug on the plea agreement. Yeah, I read the motion the day she filed it, and I spoke with her at length that very day. It's a stunning set of accusations against Mueller's uh, prosecutors accusing them of, quote unquote, malevolent conduct. Um, they are required to hand over under law any exculpatory evidence to Michael Flynn. They withheld it. They suppressed it. She's asking the federal judge, Emmett Sullivan, to hold those prosecutors in contempt of court, and the judge should. Uh, two of the Mueller prosecutors, Andrew Weissman and Zenaid Ahmad, were part of the original dissemination of the phony steel dossier dating back to the summer of 2016. They were working with Bruce Orr at the Department of Justice, um, and that calls into question the legitimacy of the entire Mueller investigation. But you know, Sean, one of the great mysteries you alluded to a moment ago, how is it possible that Michael Flynn could be charged with lying if the two agents who interviewed him concluded that he was not lying? I spend a chapter in my book on Michael Flynn and how this has been one of the great examples of injustice in America. All right, Greg Jarrett, uh, more from him as we continue. 18 years ago today, we all know where we were, don't we? All right, as we continue, Greg Jarrett is with us. 18 years after 9-11, uh, uh, everybody knows where they were. Where were you? I was on the air on MSNBC. I was an anchor there. Uh, and we By the way, the, these, are, these are the pre-resistance days, pre-conspiracy theory days, but go ahead. Yeah, and uh, I was stunned as I looked at the television uh, and, and saw that a plane on a clear blue sky, beautiful day, had somehow crashed into one of the towers. Um, this was 10 minutes before we went on within 30 seconds. So we went on early and I was on the hour for much of the remainder of the day. I was in shock. Um, as all Americans were, I was angry as all Americans were, uh, as, as many people in New York, you know, I knew people who, uh, died that day and it, it was heartbreaking and it was tragic. And I agree with the, the slogan, we must never forget. And one of the outrageous things to me is that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed is still in Gitmo uh, and he has not been tried and he should be tried. They finally set a trial date. Um, but, you know, for the family members, and I know them, um, you know, this is this is justice coming almost too late. It's a shame. You know, the hard thing to me is, and I do not at all ever regret what this country did in response to this. I, but I think we've learned a thing or two post Vietnam and post Iraq and Afghanistan. We can't send our sons and daughters, our national treasure, to go fight these wars, then politicize them, then like half bailing out on them and not finishing the job. That has to end. And, you know, my, in my mind, I want the next generation of weaponry, offensive and defensive overwhelming mass defensive forces where we can we can take them out from Tampa. We don't we push buttons in Tampa, you know, intelligence. Sure, we may need assets on the ground, but short of that, we can't go door to door anymore, Greg. It doesn't work. And then it gets politicized because it's taking too long. I agree with you a thousand percent. You have said it eloquently. We, we cannot do half wars anymore. Nope. Win uh, or win or don't start it. Yes. And you know, I I don't agree with the notion that we have to be in some places for decades or forever. 
uh, we have the ability militarily uh, to take out a rogue nation uh, operated uh, by the Taliban and could have done it and should have done it, but mm-hmm. we didn't, and that's a shame. I agree with you. Greg Jarrett, thank you for being with us. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. When we come back, straight to our busy phones as we continue this, the 18th anniversary. We lost nearly 3,000 of our fellow Americans, our national treasure, our family. We'll continue. This just into our newsroom, a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. Another another Apparently that was another plane. Seems to An airplane has crashed into the World Trade Center. There appears to be a gaping hole. Side has collapsed. The whole building has collapsed. Tower 2 has had a major explosion and a complete collapse. By the light. She stands. Two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center. There she waits. We're not going to be cowered by it that we're not afraid. Faithful friend. The freedom loving nations of the world stand by our side. Shimmering stars. Proud to have the red, white, and blue. West, what we This country will not relent. Show away. Proud to be a part of this country. Jeremy. I think about the families, the children. To the place. Freedom itself was attacked, and freedom will be defended. with the wrong state. And I just don't want people to forget. They all had a sense of duty to protect us all. We'll be steadfast in our determination. The rest of the country now understand who the true defenders are. Irish hills caress you. May her lakes and rivers bless you. We see the flying sword and tattered. May the luck of the Irish enfold you. We see the stem and test of time. May the blessings of St. Patrick behold you. And through it all the fools have fallen. God bless Ireland and God bless the United States of America. Hey. 
She stands. Now America's embracing a new ethic and a new creed. Let's roll. The phrase New York's finest and New York's bravest means something now, doesn't it? This is a time to reflect and be thankful for where we are today. And through the fire. We will rebuild New York City. She stands. Yet after America was attacked, it was as if our entire country looked into a mirror and saw our better selves. All right, that takes you back 18 years ago today. It's hard to it's hard to remember. Uh, well, it just you get in that place. And I spent a lot of time, as I said earlier, going back. Where was I? What happened? I remember every detail and the magnitude of this. When you watch it, when you see it, um, we're going to do something on television tonight that I think will bring this home uh, and it will be pretty powerful. Anyway, Bill O'Reilly joins us. News Roundup information uh, overload hour two weeks from today. He will be right here on this program and he will give his first interview for the United States of of Trump. Uh, by the way, you can order it now on Amazon dot com. It's up on Hannity dot com bookstores everywhere. Uh, I now have finished the book, Mr. O'Reilly. How much am I allowed to reveal? Whatever you want, Hannity. It's your show, man. I can't uh, stop you. I mean, come on. I mean, you'd, you'd <laughs> rather I not. You send somebody an early copy or a galley copy of a book. You know, the hope is that they don't take the best stuff in the book. And there's a lot in there that I found fascinating uh, and give it out. You did something. I've, I told you the last time you were on. You did something really, really interesting to me. The way you you outline the book you had a long interview with the president. You had a follow-up interview with the president, but one in particular on Air Force One. And you were asking the president, uh, you were trying to get into more who the person is, was, how he became the person he is, sort of those questions. He doesn't like those questions, and I frankly don't blame him. Um, and there's a couple of funny exchanges in there, but you did get some interesting answers, but you you weave in the interview and then you explain the historical events surrounding it to sort right. of give it context and texture, which I thought was a very creative way to do it. Thank you. I think your audience would like to know what you thought of the book. Um, oh, no, no, no. I, listen, I, I, honestly, I mean, I think it was one of your best books ever. I like politics books. Now, your Killing series is fascinating. I love history, too. Um, you know, you being a, a curmudgeon and an incorrigible kid, I could really care less about because so was I. Um, <laughs> no, you went, and that's most you of the audience. read about it. You lived it. Well, I'm glad you liked it because it is a combination of uh, contemporary politics, the president of the United States, and history because it's primarily a history book. But it was nice of you to read it. I know how busy you are, and uh, I'm glad you liked it. It means a lot to me. Well, it's up on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. All right, let's get a, a Bill O'Reilly big picture. You know, we're kind of moving in on a, a year from now. We're going to be in the heat of a of a presidential election. Where are we going to be one year from now, 9-11-2020? Biden versus Trump. Um, very close in the polls. Nasty uh, press. Almost 100 percent behind uh, the Democrat. Joe Biden, uh, Trump holding his own. The debates will matter. Um, I can't see Joe Biden really doing much in the debates. Trump's quicker. 
uh, more ruthless than Biden is. And uh, I think you don't, you don't think Biden's going to come in and engaged. drop the kit. I think Biden would come in if it, it is him. I'm not convinced anymore. I, I was with there's you for a else, while. Though, unless somebody else gets in is nobody else. See, that's what look tomorrow night, Thursday night, Houston, you're going to see the field. There's only three of them that got a shot. All right. And that's uh, Biden. Sanders and Warren. You can't put a socialist in there. Uh, the big money Democrats behind the scenes are saying we can't put these people up. If you read, there's an interesting op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today that everyone should read uh, by Phil Graham and some other guy. I don't uh, remember his name. And they're basically saying that Elizabeth Warren does not believe that the assets you accumulate over a lifetime, your savings, your stock holdings, whatever it may be, she does not believe that is your property. She Here's, let, let me tell you why I have such doubt about Biden. A certain th- right. Certain things are happening that have nothing to do with conservatives. One is now every Democrat is attacking Biden from Ed Rendell to, to Axelrod. It's reported Hillary is now advising Warren. But when the New York Times and the Washington Post bailed on him on the same day and they started attacking, you know, this is beyond, you know, uh, some type of gaffe. This is a problem. I sense the establishment has turned on him. But Once the they turn on him, mean anything anymore. Well, it well, that's my point, too, because if the establishment doesn't mean anything anymore, then Biden's toast. Yeah, because that and that's a theme of the United States of Trump, that Trump was able to go around the establishment, every single one of them, whether it be the Republican apparatus or the press and go right to the folks. So it doesn't matter whether the Washington Post or the New York Times don't want Biden because he's not left wing enough, which is why they don't want him. Doesn't matter whether Axelrod on CNN doesn't want Biden because nobody watches CNN. Oh, hang on one second. It's not that I'm I, maybe I'm not explaining this well. I'm, I'm saying it differently. When you have literally the heart and soul of the resistance, even if you want to call it being the Washington Post, New York Times, and that. Conventional wisdom was that Joe Biden would get the nomination, but they now see his frailty. They look at these gaffes. I think they probably see what I see won't be as honest or say it the way I'm willing to say it, which is, Bill, this guy looks to me like he's aged 20 years since he got got out of office. His opponents are attacking him and he doesn't have it. If he ever had a soft pitch, he doesn't have that. Forget a fastball. He has no fastball. All of that is true. But there's nowhere for them to go. But who's going to show last point? Who's going to show up in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, the crazy base? They're going to show up on behalf of probably coalesce behind either Warren or Bernie. I say Warren by a long shot. That's true. In Iowa, I think Biden will win New Hampshire and certainly win South Carolina with the African-American vote. See, the Biden people are going to keep him away if he can get through tomorrow night. Wait, wait, I thought you were going to say the Biden people are going to try and keep him awake. OK, keep going away and awake. Yeah. And the folks, you're not going to see him in the diner. Um, he doesn't. It's almost like Hillary did. They tried to keep her away. And, it, you know, obviously it didn't work because people uh, turned her off. But with Biden, Democratic Party's got nowhere to go. So once they realize that a socialist isn't going to defeat a capitalist, Donald Trump, not going to happen. All right. Then they have to go to Biden or a Michelle Obama, somebody like that gets in, which, you know, is not out of the realm of possibility. You know, 
I I just think the lunatic base now runs the Democratic Party. And I I'll agree you, with that. Yeah. But remember, the mass of voters do not care what the lunatic base do. They don't even know. That's why that's why Warren is polling so well, because most people don't even know what this woman stands for. I wrote a column on BillOReilly.com entitled The Con, C-O-N. All right. And I lay out that this this is not a woman who believes in democracy or due process or anything. She's a totalitarian. She looks like a hip granny. You want to go trick or treating to her house. The problem is she'd take your candy. That's so right? unfair. I mean, by the way, Holly, I say this in jest, tongue in cheek and every year I get hit for it. When you really think about it, trick or treating is like, you know, indoctrinating kids to, to beg for something for free. <laughs> I say, by the way, Bill, kids a break one day they could get free stuff. I I say this totally messing with people every year. The same thing. I'll go out there and I'll give that little monologue. And every year, nobody goes to your house, Hannity. That they're not allowed in. I mean, listen, they're not allowed in, Bill. I mean, I'm not hiding the facts. And plus, you scared the hell out of them if they did get in. Oh yeah, let me see, Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity, who scares the hell out of them more? You. uh, but I could see Bill out there, Hannah. I right, hear here's some candy. It's dollar. Don't waste it. You know. <laughs> yeah, a little but, lecture. All right, yeah. I'm giving you candy, but no socialism. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, so, all right. So, I just think that the ba- here's the thing: the, if you look at every candidate. They all support the Green New Deal, including Biden. Biden. He doesn't even know what the Green New Deal is. He wants the to guy, spend two guy. trillion on this insanity bill. Two trillion dollars on know. the Green New Deal. No oil, no gas. I mean, literally cutting off all of our natural resources, the lifeblood of our economy. Hannity, the guy doesn't know what it's Stadies in most of the time. That's true. You think he has any clue about a Green New Deal? They put stuff in front of him and he says it. And he can't even say that clearly. Quick so- break. Stay right there. Bill O'Reilly, two weeks from today, right here on this program. Uh, we'll have the first interview, uh, the United States of Trump, how the president really sees America more on the other side. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, BillOReilly.com. All right, as we uh, continue, Bill O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com, uh, two weeks from today, releases his brand new book, The United States of Trump, How the President Really Sees uh, America. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Let me ask you a question, because I read this book, and I only have a minute, so you're, you're off the hook. What you are asking him to reveal all this stuff about him. What is something about you that people don't know? That I'm the greatest guy. No, I would say you're I would say you are a good. I know I would I will attest to the fact that you're very Um, difficult and intense. But, yeah, deep down, there's a good guy. Look, I I mean, I try to help people. I really do. And and I don't think people know that I'm I'm trying not to be a shallow media guy. I'm I'm trying to look out for the folks. And that that's you're complicated. I want everyone to know you're really complicated. But I do know you really you know, look, everyone thinks Christians are like this holier than now people. Just the opposite. Christians are like, I need to be forgiven more than anybody. That's no, how I feel. I'm, I top you in that. So if you and I go to confession, we'll shut that church down. Oh, it'll forget <laughs> it. I mean, hellfire. I mean, and deservedly so. Uh, all right, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, congrats. Two weeks from today. Can't wait. Thank you for being all with right, us. Sean, thank you. Bye. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. We hit the phones next as we continue. 18 years ago today, 9-11-2001. 
Americans do not yet have the distance of history. But our responsibility to history is already clear to answer these attacks and rid the world of evil. I hear people say we don't need this war. We protest this war and it's not a war, actually it's a slaughter. But I say there's some things worth fighting for. We are very grateful and thankful that we live in a country where there's freedom of speech, that people who are either for or against a war can speak out. What about our freedom? Everything just went black. And this piece of ground? Everything came down. We didn't get to keep them by backing down. Glass are popping. People got hurt. They say we don't realize the mess we're getting in. Oh, there it goes. There it goes. There it goes. Oh, you start to preaching. Let me ask you this, my friend. Have you forgotten? Oh, my God. Oh, the next building is another one. Oh, my God. Another plane oh, just flew I in. Feel the, heat. the explosion is incredible. Have you forgotten? I saw this plane come out of nowhere and just scream right into the side of the Twin Tower, exploding through the other side. There's been an act of war declared upon America by terrorists. Have you forgotten? I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Have you forgotten about our Pentagon? Dozens of residents that are sitting on the hills behind the Pentagon, almost like they're waiting for the 4th of July fireworks, but instead they're staring dumbfounded at what looks like, what looks like a war zone. I mean, you see bodies flying out of the sky and you can't do nothing about it, you tell me. There's no words to describe what's going on out there. Have you forgotten? America is a nation full of good fortune with so much to be grateful for, but we are not spared from suffering. In every generation, the world has produced enemies of human freedom. They have attacked America because we are freedom's home and defender. Have you forgotten? And the commitment of our fathers is now the calling of our time. Some people did something, said a freshman congresswoman from Minnesota, to support and justify the creation of CARE. Today I am here to respond to you exactly who did what to whom. Madam, objectively speaking, we know who and what was done. There is no uncertainty about that. Why your confusion? On that day, 19 Islamic terrorist members of Al-Qaeda killed over 3,000 people and caused billions of dollars of economic damage. Is that clear? But as to whom? I was attacked. Your relatives and friends were attacked. Our constitutional freedoms were attacked. And our nation's founding on Judeo-Christian principles were attacked. That's what some people did. Got that now? We are here today, Congresswoman, to tell you and the squad just who did what to whom. Show respect in honoring them, please. American patriotism in your position demanded. Forgotten country, amen. 
was founded after 9-11? Because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. Some people did something? Some people did something? Wow. That was a very powerful response from earlier today. Nicholas Haros, who's the son of a 9-11 victim. In other words, he lost his... Let me put it another way. Some people did something, and people like Nicholas never saw their moms or dads ever again. Many of the people that died that day had young children. Some people did something. Yeah. Some people did something. Maybe she'll think about moving forward her radical, insane relationship with the virulent anti-Semite and racist Louis Farrakhan and some other things as it relates. Well, that was actually Congresswoman Tlaib that wrote for Farrakhan's magazine all about the Benjamins, baby. To expose the evil of Israel. You know, may Allah open our eyes to such blah, blah, blah. But nobody wants to take on Congresswoman Omar and her insanity. Nobody wants to criticize it. I do. Anyway, we live in unbelievable times. I just want to say this to the families. I find this a very hard show to do every year because it just it all comes alive as it should, because we shouldn't forget. We need to learn from this so it, it doesn't impact future generations. Maybe a day like today is the right day to remind people the 9-11 commission report that followed way after. They, radical Islamists, were at war with us. We were not at war with them. You know, then we get the Obama administration. We literally tie the hands of the brave men and women that are fighting the war that they started in Washington, that they then politicize. And uh, then we have rules of engagement. Then we go after if they make the wrong split decision, split second decision. Oh, let's go after them and put them in jail. Clint Lawrence's case is one of them. Many others, Leavenworth, elsewhere. They deserve a retrial, a reexamination, whether or not what they decided in the moment is understandable considering they're at war and we're not. People to sit in air-conditioned offices making decisions uh, about what it is our brave men and women do. I don't know what to say to the families, the kids of those that lost loved ones that day. I, I, don't, I, I don't have those words. But we, we need to honor them in the sense that we don't let this happen again. I don't want war. War is a horrible thing. My father fought World War II four years in the Pacific. He didn't love it. I can tell you that. He didn't talk a lot about it either. He didn't want to talk a lot about it. My grandfather served. He didn't want to talk about that either. It wasn't something that was pleasant to them. Four years in the Pacific on a, you know, Navy ship, I think could be pretty difficult work. But all that, all of that greatest generation did it. And I just would like to see on behalf of our children and grandchildren, the, the, the sophisticated advancement in technology that we in America and only America are capable of. And that is the next generation of weaponry. So we never have to send our sons and daughters to future conflicts, war zones, door to door, uh, only to be blown up because of the, the conditions on the ground and a bunch of people with an evil ideology that want to destroy the United States and liberty and freedom. 
You know, it's like Michael W. Smith's songs. When evil calls itself a martyr, you want to distort a religion? You want some sick, twisted ideology to justify your placing bombs on kids and promising them virgins in heaven? Or thinking you did God's will when you, when you killed innocent people that day? We lost 100 million souls in the last century alone. 100 million. You know, it's like on fake news, Humpty Dumpty has on a guest. Donald Trump has killed millions more than than Stalin, Hitler and Mao in the last century. No, but that's how sick and ugly and twisted and distorted things are over there. Fake news, CNN, not a game. You lost people that day in your lives. We think of you today. We pray for you today. We pray for your families today. Those kids that grew up without moms and dads, we pray for you also. I'm sure they're looking down from somewhere a lot better than here. They're praying for you also, and you will, God willing, be reunited with them. But this is not, this is the world we live in. If we can lose 100 million souls in the last century, you better damn well know that we can have it happen again. We better learn from what's happened here. We better understand the nature of evil in our time. There's plenty of it. We ever have a situation where Iranian mullahs, I'll go there. If Iranian mullahs that chant death to America, death to Israel, burn our flag, burn the Israeli flag, and they ever threaten, ever threaten, you know, that they're going to wipe Israel off the map or wipe the U.S. off the map, pay attention because they mean it. There is evil. We've seen it. History tells us about it. And for some reason, we just want to forget it and put it aside and just act as if it didn't happen and start wars and then say, why are we fighting the war again? And then rules of engagement. President beat back ISIS in Syria, and he did it one way. He bombed the living hell out of ISIS, and he pushed them out of Syria. That's how we did it. Wasn't reported on every single day. I know what happened. Most of you that are educated way above the media mobs, you know, shallow indoctrination every day and, and political agenda, you don't know what happened. We're doing it with the Taliban. In spite of what liberals will tell you about Donald Trump, there's no rules of engagement here. There's no that doesn't exist in war. But we better get the next generation of weaponry, both offensive and defensive, so we don't have to send future generations into situations like we had in Iraq and Afghanistan ever again. It could end up being the greatest gift and investment we ever give to them. I have said many, many times I started my career at the end of the Reagan presidency and they mocked and they ridiculed and they made fun of Star Wars or strategic defense. But I've been to Israel and, yeah, we're able to take out of the sky with the Iron Dome rockets being fired into Israel before they ever hit a town or a city. So the capability, if we can go to the moon, go out one night when it's a, a clear night and you can see the moon. And then I want you to think, wow, there's a lot of courage. If you think, well, kind of, oh, maybe even bordering on arrogant, audacious, courageous, even all of it combined that we're going to go there. We're going to land there. We're going to get out and walk around there. And then we're going to somehow fire that sucker back up and fly on home. If we can do that, in my estimation, we can build the next generation of weaponry to protect liberty and freedom and the enemies of liberty and freedom around the world and the despots and the tyrants and the status and and those that buy into their sick and twisted and ugly and evil and despicable ideology. And in the name of religion or anything else they want to pervert, feel that they're justified 
in killing innocent men, women, and children. That's evil. It exists. John, Mississippi, thanks for joining us. Sean, Sean, it's great an honor to be with you today, and my thoughts and prayers go out to all of us who suffered and lost so much on this day 18 years ago. I was just a 12-year-old boy. I'm just a young guy. I've got a young family, Sean. I want to tell you, in the morning when I wake up, there's a few people extra on my list I pray for, and you're one of them. And the reason is this. Evil will continue to press on and fight, and we need people that will stand up and look it in the face and say, it's not going to happen on our watch. It's not going to happen here. We're going to gather around. We're going to hold hands. We're going to pray. We're going to stand and do what we need to do to fight. I'm I'm encouraging the young people in my area to stand up and fight for what really made America great. And that's what I love about our president. He loves America. And you can tell it. He actually wants American exceptionalism. And I'm just encouraged. I'm heartbroken today, as many Americans are, but I'm also encouraged in the fact that, you know what, we're going to press on. We're going to keep going. We're not going to let evil stand back and, and, and take away another generation of young people. I want to train our young people to do right. Love this show, man. Love what you do. Please keep pushing. Don't ever give up. Don't ever back down, Sean. Keep it going. We appreciate you very much. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. Uh, I think we have time for one quick call. New York, Diane, Sean Hannity Show. Hi, uh, Diane. How are you? Glad you called. Yes. Yes, Sean, Sean, on this somber, sobering day, I want everyone to know that my train of thought every day, genuinely, every day is Constitution Day. Every day is Veterans Day. Every day is Patriots Day from the very first Patriots here who did what they did to give us who we are today. Now, today drives home the question, Why are we allowing anti-Americans into our government? When will we wake up to this infiltration? And by the way, Omar is incorrect. CARE was not started after 9-11. It was started decades before. It's another one of her lies. It is the Muslim Brotherhood hoodwink. So again, to everyone today, on this difficult day, What we have, we must fight and defend and look it in the eye and call it out and put a stop to this. I don't just listen. Let me tell you something. We all have a duty, an obligation to leave this world a better place to the best of our ability for our kids and grandkids. The best thing we can leave them is liberty and freedom. That's the best thing. Not socialism, redistributionism, not the belief that the government is going to take care of every single solitary need you ever have in the course of your long, beautiful life, because they can never deliver on that. Our best, our thoughts, our prayers to those families, those that lost their lives and loved ones 18 years ago today. All right. Tonight, Hannity, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Uh, The guy that today took down Omar, it was brutal. Some people did something. He joins us tonight exclusively. Hannity also DOJ now claiming they lost Michael Flynn's original FBI witness survey. Nine Eastern, the news you won't get from the corrupt media mob on Hannity on Fox. Our prayers, our love, our support always to the victims of 9-11 and their families. 18 years later, never forget. 